This is Yacht the System, where we discuss the weird and wild in society and pop culture. On this week's episode, Jacob takes truth serum, Risa disappears a boat, and the two are charged with conspiracy to commit podcast. Let's get into it. Do nothing. Nothing has happened. I can't look at you. You give me the giggles. Aww. No. Aww, funny to look at. No. <laughs> you just look at me expecting me to say something that makes sense. And you know I won't. I cannot. It's a good thing we're starting a career in the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have reference notes, so. That's so cute. My baby baby I'm excited. Aww. Okay, well, um, how should we start? What should we start? Um, some chit-chats. Some chit-chats. What would you like to chit-chats about? Uh, let's talk about how our trip went. Okay, horrible. Hated every second of it. No, no, that is not true. <laughs> there were some good times. Such as? The drag brunch. That was very cute. That was very adorable. And little babies. I don't remember any of their names. I didn't like the food or the drinks, but I liked the company. And like was... their LLC. <laughs> <laughs> I like them as a company. Yes. <laughs> no, I like. I was okay with the drinks. They're okay. A little a warm mimosa isn't my favorite. I'd a say mimosa. Mimosa. <laughs> uh, it was very fun. I hadn't been to a drag brunch since Florida. Yeah. Um, and it was very nice to walk around and breathe some airs. Yeah, definitely. We got a lot of steps in. Yeah, definitely. We looked at a lot of clouds. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited to yeah. to do that again. Definitely, I like Rehoboth. Boardwalk. That was very lovely. I love that Mexican place we went to. That was very delicious. I want to go specifically there again. Sorry, we don't remember your name. I I, I want to. <laughs> again, I'm Hispanic. Shout out. I'm Hispanic, but I think it was called the mariachi. <laughs> that sounds racist. <laughs> I don't think that's Hispanic. <laughs> I can make a guess. And it's fine. No, I think that's correct. Um, it started with an M. It had that cool art on the wall. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, Rehoboth Beach. And I want to be able to go later because so, I want to go to the haunted ride. Yes, definitely. With the big skeleton. Well, piece. what's nice is it's not too far away. We could go in a, in a day trip. Yeah. So. I think we, we planned it relatively quickly. So. Yeah. We wanted to spend the night somewhere, but we were looking at Rehoboth Beach yeah. initially. Everything was just so expensive. We were too close to mm-hmm. to when it um when it happened. It was so windy all weekend. I liked it, which was so nice. Yeah. I got to keep my sweater on the entire time. Yes, <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. Like a, it wasn't quite summer, but like basically summer, mm-hmm. but like cool enough to. Wear a hoodie. It's my vibe. I picked up dust and put sticks in my eyes, and I was like, Thank you. Thanks, nature. Thank you, nature. Sticks right in my eyes. Yeah. Um, hmm? Huh? Huh? Ooh. <laughs> I guess let's get started um, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> okay. I, I, I said you. Oh. But how should we? <laughs> um, wait, do you want to like rock, paper, scissor it or something? No, it's fine. I'll go first. But like how? Okay. Like conceptually. <laughs> oh. Um, do you want to like meditate and see who gives up first? No one has to give up. <laughs> you can't. And also it'd be you. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> I would always go last <laughs> or first. 
Um, Those are the two options in, yeah. this, in this instance. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> you start right in the middle of mine, <laughs> and then I'll finish after. <laughs> I'm just interrupting. Just, all right, and <laughs> more importantly... Damn, sounds like something you would do. I'm ready. <laughs> ready to do it today. Ready to go. No. Don't make me cry, please. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for your story. I've been looking forward to this. Well, I, I hope I don't disappoint. No pressure. I'm uh, kind of a big fan of this. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know anything. Switch reports. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, uh. And then um, on um, October. Um... <laughs> All right. That's my introduction music. Um, that I means. Do that each time? No. <laughs> well, do I have a story for you in the early 1950s? Okay. This Neither of us were alive. <laughs> no, but my spirit was. Oh, okay. Somewhere. Okay. Maybe floating between the ether. <laughs> Speaking <Yeah>. of which... <laughs> was definitely involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> the CIA began secret detention centers across the globe where they could avoid criminal prosecution. These detention centers were used to subject those under their control to human experimentation in hopes of unlocking the secrets of mind control, which they believed the Soviet bloc had uncovered and used to turn American prisoners of war into dirty commies, essentially. Was that quoted or unquoted? That was unquoted. That was all me. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, it's the gist. Yeah, yeah. Over the next decade or so, more than 80 American and Canadian institutions were working under shell companies set up by the CIA inflicting those experiments on often unsuspecting civilians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard about that part. That definitely sounds scary. Like, so you're telling me I'm going to act, I'm going to be drugged against my will and not know it. Yep. That's terrifying. That's exactly what I'm telling you. That's terrifying. Yep. No, you're not telling me. That's the problem. You did not tell me. And now I'm on drugs. Of those who were aware of what was being done to them, most of them believed they were being treated by licensed professionals uh, with their best interests at heart. Unaware that the CIA was using them to study the use of LSD to wipe memory, mind control, and create Manchurian candidates. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that movie? <laughs> it's based on a book. You ever read the book? No. But I know it's based on a <laughs> book. It is based on a <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to talk at all about it, but... Maybe that could be added to our list. <laughs> the Manchurian Candidate? <laughs> I had that come up a lot, but I'd never seen that movie. I don't do know you, who's in it. Do you know what a Manchurian Candidate is? It's... Uh, no. Do you actually not know, or are you saying that because you want me to set it up? Like <laughs> set up. Um, I don't remember. All right, well, I'm going to get to it. Okay. So, <laughs> you better wait. So you're telling me to be quiet? Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> LSD, or lysergic acid diethylamide, was synthesized by Swiss chemist Albert Hoffman in 1938 from lysergic acid derived by processing ergot. <laughs> it's it's ergot. Ar- ergot? Er- ergot? Ergot? Spell it? E-R-G-O-T. Ergot, yeah. Right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. A grain-infecting fungus. Ooh. As noted by the University of Houston in 1976, Linda... Caporal offered the first evidence at the Salem witch trials followed an outbreak of rye ergot. Oh, that's right. Moldy bread made everyone crazy. Moldy bread be making bitches crazy. (gasps) That's right. I did hear about that. It's a fungus blight that forms hallucinogenic drugs in bread. Um, Its victims can appear bewitched when they're actually stoned. It thrives in cold winter followed by a wet spring. Fun and fun little facts. I love just sprinkling little facts in there. But it explains so much. Explains a lot, right? But so the same thing is what LSD is. I mean, you know, it takes a couple more steps, but that's how you get LSD. Is it from bread? It's from, from green? From that um, fungus. That come that is grown on bread. Yes. In this instance, rye. Uh, rye, rye, not bread specifically, but just grain in general. 
Ah, okay, okay. So this one, basically, it's like a hydraulic process mm -hmm. that they do to some chemical something. <laughs> Science. Mm -hmm. Science. I'm a chemist. <laughs> <laughs> Documents obtained uh, under the Freedom of Information Act in 1976 showed that at one point, the CIA had considered purchasing 100 million doses of LSD under the guise of stopping other countries from controlling the supply. Oh, of course. We now know that the CIA purchased LSD for the purpose of testing its effects on the human brain under MKUltra. Fun fact, MKUltra's name is derived from now outdated terminology, the MK related to a special division of the CIA known as the Technical Services Division. So basically, it are these small divisions within the Technical Services Division mm -hmm. that had all the chemical warfare, uses of chemicals to make truth serums, like all of this stuff was kind of under the purview of like the MK like moniker. Okay. So it was, so there's a, uh, do you think there's MK a, stands for moniker? Well, I was like, the entire time you were saying that I was like the, the M and the K. Okay. Did we just crack this wide open? For, well, like is, is the MK supposed to be like an umbrella section that is it's basically specific things like it, those Right. Yeah. Like that. it denotes that that project is a part of that division, essentially, for, specifically for, in that realm of like scientific, like spy shit, spy shit, essentially. Okay. Under MKUltra, the CIA's attempts to develop mind-controlling drugs for use against the Soviet, Chinese, and North Koreans was headed by Sidney Gottlieb under the CIA's uh, director, Alan Dulles, in response to rumors that other countries had used such techniques on U.S. prisoners of war during the Korean War. One goal of the project was to develop a truth drug for use during interrogations and to produce Manchurian candidates. As of this point, much like the polygraph, no truth serums have been proven without reasonable doubt and are not accepted by legal systems. Many of these drugs tend to make people more suggestible, which uh, as an aside, does kind of raise like the possibility that these drugs are being used to alter people's memories. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can see the, the dots that, that they get from. Well, it sounds also like, you know, they're just kind of going in and seeing what sticks yeah. and then whatever experiments make a consistent result yeah. let's use that for something yeah. and you know whoever you drive crazy in the process oh well forget so <laughs> undo stab stab like i mean one of the things i was watching on youtube um that was that fifth state thing mm -hmm. it was like i mean it was canadians too and there was like people who had their entire families under this program that didn't know what they were being you know given lsd for and they were being told it was medicine like they thought these were people who were there to help them That's fucked up. and they were being put into mental institutions and drugged and they would be like begging like please i don't want to do this anymore which is like terrifying that's horrifying it's yeah like destroying families yeah but ultimately, because the practice in general of like truth serums is unethical, it's pretty much impossible to prove like publicly in a peer reviewed study if they even work or not. I can just try and find yeah. them and inject myself with it. There we go. I but mean, then do you want lie. it to succeed? So that's why the truth serum works. Or maybe you never lie. And that's why the truth serum works. If you give someone who always I'm tells the truth. I'm tired and I just want you to let me go. You can go. Bye, no, bitch. not right now. <laughs> um, MKUltra, unfortunately, was not the United States' first experimentation with truth serums. Um, the Office of Strategic Services experimented with the use of mescaline, scopolamine, mm -hmm. and marijuana no. during World War II, but concluded the effects were no different from alcohol or hypnosis. Under MKUltra, the CIA's experiments included giving LSD to mental patients, prisoners, drug addicts, and prostitutes, including one mental patient they drugged for 174 days with LSD. <gasps> Straight. Can you imagine being in a trip for 174 days? And he survived that? Apparently. One thing that I meant to do that I didn't in, uh, do in here, unfortunately, was include what the actual process of tripping is like, but because I'm a good little boy, I would have to do research for that. And I, I did. You like I did go it. trip? No, like, <laughs> like read Wikipedia. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you like, do you know what it's like to trip on LSD? No. 
Okay. I'm a good little boy. So let's go find them. <laughs> what are you not understanding? That's so scary. <laughs> well. I don't even like to smoke weed. So. <laughs> I've never done anything wrong ever in my life. That's true. I can attest to that. Perfect. In every way. Um, related mm-hmm. to, to drugs. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Heroin addicts were bribed with a heroin into taking LSD, quote unquote, like voluntarily. So they basically be like, hey. Here's some heroin. In Operation Midnight Climax, the CIA set yeah. up several brothels. Within agency safe houses to obtain men who would be too embarrassed to talk about the events. The men were dosed with LSD by the sex workers and the sessions were filmed through one-way mirrors to be studied. (gasps) They also administered LSD to unsuspecting CIA employees, the military, doctors, government agents, and members of the general public to study their reactions and hoping and in hopes of like eliciting confessions. And in some cases, um, purportedly to erase their minds completely. So like they, it's not like they were like, oops, accidentally turned someone crazy. Their idea was literally like, how much do we have to dose them with to erase their brain? Like, let's just go out there and experiment on anyone. Literally. I, did, I do remember something about like, there was a town that they put it in their water. Oh, jeez. I didn't. But I don't remember. I can't remember specifics. Follow up for next week. Yeah, be like, hey, um, so I found that town. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going. (laughs) Um, In other experiments where people were given LSE without their knowledge, they were interrogated under bright lights with doctors in the background, like taking notes. And they told subjects they would extend their trips if they refused to reveal their secrets. So basically like coercing people. But like any good peer reviewed study would tell you coercing people into doing the things you ask them to do is not proof that your drug makes them tell the truth. Yes. You're you're leading them to the result that you want. Right. Like it's literally like and that's why part of why like earlier was like there you can't prove if a truth serum works because yeah. it's unethical to even test it. Uh-huh. So it's like by nature you can't prove it. Uh-huh. Ah. Um, one of the CIA's victims was Frank Olson, an American bacteriologist and biological warfare scientist who worked directly with Sidney Gottlieb. In rural Maryland, Olson was drugged by Gottlieb and nine days later plunged to his death from a hotel in New York. <gasps> the government claimed his death was a suicide, but many believe he was murdered. In 1994, Olson's son Eric had his father's body exhumed to be buried with his mother and a second autopsy was performed. The second autopsy did not find the cuts and abrasions on the body that had been reported from the initial autopsy, but did find injuries to his chest and head that matched blunt force trauma that the team did not believe resulted from the fall. Uh, Um, Okay. So there's a Netflix documentary called Wormwood, which I I watched the first like 15 minutes of it and I was like, I was like, I'm out. Like, but I I kind of, after like kind of reading up on this, I kind of want to like read more. In it, a journalist, um, uh, Seymour Harris, says that a source told him that Olson was part of a program designed to identify and kill those perceived as domestic threats. Basically, like, the man knew too much. Mm-hmm. Um, before the second autopsy, the family received a settlement of $750,000 for wrongful death, so they were unable to sue following the findings of the second autopsy. Oh. In 1973, following Watergate, the CIA director at the time, Richard Helms, ordered that all the MK Ultra files should be destroyed. Um, worried that w- what would happen if the truth came out, especially like after Watergate. Um, and <laughs> in December 1974, the New York Times alleged that the CIA had conducted illegal domestic activities, including experiments on U.S. citizens during the 60s. Um, so following this, there was like a big like fervor about. Like, what is the government doing? Yeah, like, yeah. What are they doing to us? Um, and um, like later on, 20,000 documents had been mislabeled as financial records. And a, um, and a FOIA request brought them to light that showed a bunch of basically what like they were saying. Like, what they had destroyed had been mislabeled. And that's why we know about it. And that's why it's not one of those things where, like, the government is doing it. It's like, no, like, they actually did. Like, yeah. We know for a fact. Like, they're the ones telling us. And I feel like the first time I even ever kind of heard about MKUltra, I was like, 
that can't be real. <laughs> You're like, no. Well, and the part that's real is that they did these experiments. Yeah. What come out of what came out of it wasn't real. Yeah. It's just like the the lengths that they went to. I mean, they're the CIA, so of course they're like covering their tracks and stuff. But like shell companies, like there were doctors who didn't even know what they were working on, but mm-hmm. they but they were still like giving people LSD. I'm like at some point, like the government sucks, I get it, but at some point you have to look at yourself and what you're willing to do to like unsuspecting people. Well, and they want to blanket everything with the excuse of we're doing this so we can other people are doing it and we're trying to do it better. Yeah. And it's like I'm really interested to know what evidence the CIA has. Mm-hmm. That like the Soviets were doing it mm-hmm. that led them to believe that it was OK to drug like hundreds, thousands of people. Like, Well, if they're our enemy and you don't want to be like them, like. But that's the thing. I don't think the American government has ever cared about being like their enemies. They just don't want to be perceived like their enemies. Or they don't want to be the the losers in a fight against yeah. somebody. Because that's like every war ever. It's like we cracked it. I'm a I'm a big strong man, and no, and I'm a big I'm, strong. I'm I'm a bigger stronger man. <laughs> we was I was listening to something one time. The guy's like, you know, it, we've had fights since the beginning of time. Like a caveman just looked at another caveman and was like, "Hey, you're not me." <laughs> <laughs> It's like when Mabel <laughs> sees her reflection in the mirror, and she's just like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> It's just sad what lengths people will go to. Like, the, I really... Power. People in power. And yes. Um, but like, specifically, like, I mean, they, when they were going over, like, the Canadians who were, like, all suing the... They were, like, suing the American government and, like, mm-hmm. Canada, like, wasn't being super helpful. <laughs> yeah. And this was, like, back in, like, the 80s. And they're, like, going over the stories about them being, like, thinking that they're getting help. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's really what, like like gets me the most is like mm-hmm. and she one of the people in that documentary was also talking about another person who had been given LSD so much that he also jumped out of a window <gasps> this was like a different person like this was like another mental multiple patient. occasions where yeah, yeah like, tons of people died under this <sighs> and that's just this is just the things that we know about because somebody mislabeled something love it I love a clinical error right if it wasn't for that error if it wasn't for that, this would be one of those stories people like would be like, no, that didn't happen. And yeah, like, that's, that's a saying. conspiracy like, theory. I think for the longest time, like maybe it's because I didn't look into it or I don't know when, yeah. when like more of this started to come out. Uh, but I was like, that's not real. <laughs> that's not real, man. That's not real. But I mean, you think about believe. like a lot of like the aliens and shit. Well, and the thing is like the more I've gotten into like true crime, and branched out into like ufology <laughs> and conspiracy theories and stuff. I was like, you know what? I think I think I can believe some yeah. things. And I think that can be a very nice core tenant for our podcast too. Because we're both into like just weird shit. Just weird. Just weird shit. Spooky gays doing weird shit. <sighs> Spooky gays. Spooky case. I love that. Wait, did you ever tell me what the M and the K stands for? Moon Knight. Ultra? <laughs> Streaming now on Disney Plus. Wow. <laughs> You're the one who's networking. Come on, Disney. Give me money. I was going to say monkey crap. I'll sell my soul. Crap does not stand. Start with a K. That's silly. No. I do think it stands for moniker. I feel like I... I moniker? Yeah. That was really good. Thank you. I read it a little too much, but, you know, I was... I was I got to get in the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I mean, you you told me things I did not know. Yeah, suck it. So... <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> well, and yours is going to... Yours is way more uh, organized than mine is. Oh, no. So... I will do my best. Do you, do you want to take a break first or do you want to go straight into it? Um, we can take a break for a moment and go into it. Break time. <laughs> break time. 
think we will, again, we're going to get more comfortable doing this as it goes. I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with it. I'm not very good at this. Fair. <laughs> You're way better at research stuff than I am. I enjoy research. Like, um, talking. Yeah. I got you. find a middle ground. Yes. Yeah. We're working on it. Um, and also like topics and stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like we'll find a niche the more we. Yes. The more we do. And then it'll be easier to be like, oh, we can just find topics, you know, in this niche that interest yes. both of us. I think that it helps that we have yeah. a lot of weird things we like. Definitely. And I think finding things that we can be like, you like this thing, so I'm going to research this so that you will enjoy it. Yes. You know. Oh, I'd like that. Um, I don't know anything about this. Yes. Okay. Excited. So I really enjoyed this particular story. You enjoyed it? I enjoyed it. <laughs> like it gives you happy thoughts? Yeah. Damn. I don't even know what it's about, and I still know that's fucked up. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, it, the story of it reads to me, um, or is explained to me as if it's like a creepypasta or something, or like oh. a mystery flesh pit type of thing. Yeah. Because uh, it just sounds ridiculous. So, with that being said, I'm going to tell you about the Philadelphia experiment. Oh. <laughs> so back in October 28th, 1943, the USSS, USSS, the USSS, <laughs> the, <two> the USS Eldridge, a cannon class destroyer escort, AKA a big old ship was, <laughs> was conducting, don't laugh at me, was conducting top secret experiments designed to win against the Axis powers. Oh. So there was a rumor that there was the experiments happening in this Philadelphia naval shipyard. Witnesses claimed that there was an eerie blue glow surrounding the hull of the ship um, as her generator spun up, and then suddenly the Eldridge disappeared. Ooh. It was in Loki. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I didn't know. Wait. Spoilers. So, so you know everything? No, I know about a ship the, disappearing. The ship disappearing <laughs> and ending up in Loki. <laughs> <laughs> that was the next line. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um. The ship was then seen at the Norfolk Naval Shipyard in Virginia. <gasps> you oh went to Norfolk? I talked about Maryland. Mm -hmm. You talked about Virginia. Wow. DMV. Wow. Representing the DMV. <laughs> and we're talking about the government, which is <gasps> situated in D.C. Mabel. Not us, like, doxing our location in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll get these fuckers. They're somewhere on the east. They're coast. somewhere over there. <laughs> so, this big-ass ship disappeared. Big-ass ship. Appeared. Vanished. And then went back to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> in what I believe is a span of ten minutes, according oh. to... Witness claims, I'm air quoting, witness claims. Um, the legend states that the, and this is the part that I like the most, uh, classified military documents reported that the Eldridge crew were affected by the events in a disturbing way. Some went insane. Others developed mysterious illnesses, but others still said but others still were said to have been fused together with the ship, still alive, but with limbs sealed into the metal. Jeez. So that was the part that always stuck with me with this, because uh, that's the only part that I ever like heard about it, like yeah. in passing podcasts and here and there, because I was just like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and I was just like, there's just something about body horror yeah. that really fascinates me. Um, it makes me think a lot of like, um, like fringe would do a lot of like stuff. Um, but just like the thing, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. like classic body horror, um, 
But usually stuff with aliens that have body horror. Yeah. What does Fringe have has body horror? Like every episode. Really? Yeah. Like, but ah. specifically like merging with metal and that kind of stuff. Uh, I feel like they probably like got unwillingly. Yeah, yeah. No one's like, I would like to merge with this tree now. <laughs> me. Oh, it's like me and this fridge are one. Me and this fridge. We go together. <laughs> Permanently. Um, <laughs> I now pronounce you man and fridge. Oh, <laughs> don't all. Well, like, you know, when you like um, when you fridge the wife like that trope. What? That's a thing? Yeah, like a woman in a fridge. It's like Oh, a... I thought you meant like you're beat you're cold shouldering her. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Did she say oh no? She said oh no. <laughs> she said, Don't fridge me. Don't fridge me. <laughs> Wait, maybe. Wait, maybe. Is she okay? Yeah. Finish. Was she? Alright, so that's all what the <laughs> what the legend says that happened. Ship disappeared, appeared, <laughs> went away. <laughs> Ow! Don't eat me. <laughs> am I am I am I stopping? <laughs> We're having dog difficulties. I think she's fine. Okay. I think she's fine. Okay. So there are two, there's a lot more people, but I'm just going to talk about two major players in this. Uh, it's a guy named Carl Allen, who was a, um, he was, <laughs> what was he? <laughs> oh, he was a, uh, <laughs> he was an ex-merchant mariner. <laughs> Uh, he was at the Navy Yard during this <laughs> uh, event. All right, let's go. Oh, Carl Allen. I'm going to tell you about our friend Carl Allen. <laughs> Can you look less dead inside? <laughs> You're so mean to me. Who's who? Carl Allen. Car. I thought you said Carla. I didn't know. Okay, Carla. Wait, no. Carl. Carl. Allen. Carl M. Allen. As what spelling of Allen? A L L E N. Oh, boo! Who went by the pseudonym <laughs> Carlos Miguel Allende? That is quite the pseudonym. <laughs> And why did he do that? I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me. Nope. That's a Damn. lot I don't <laughs> know. I need you to do some more research. He <laughs> didn't tell me. It always just said, goes by Carlos Allende. That's so. Weird. I want to go by a pseudonym. Uh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So there's Carl Allen. He, he allegedly witnessed the event that happened at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. So he went and wrote all these letters to this guy named um, Morris K. Jessup. Like gay letters? <laughs> he wrote them. Essentially. Essentially, they were love letters. Love letters about a disappearing <laughs> ship. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, imagery in that. Um, <laughs> so he sent, da, 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 you can't do noises. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was getting to my <laughs> document. <laughs> um, in January of 1956, uh, Alan began sending, sending a series of letters to Jessup using his given name, as well as Carlos Miguel Allende. Um, the first known letter warned Jessup. Oh, by the way, Jessup, he's an astronomer. <laughs> um, and he wrote a couple of books, um, about UFOs. Oh. And one of the, uh, one of his most known books is called The Case for the UFO, Unidi Unidentified Flying Objects in the U.S. of Naval Jeez. Research. 
So we're already kind of on shaky ground with our, um, with our, uh, both of these men cannot be trusted. Yeah. Neither. It's like, it's a kind of a catch 22 because you spend your whole life doing like UFOs and shit. Then you, you would think, yeah, you're going to be the first one someone goes to with UFO information. But at the same time, you're like, you're, well, and, you could be a grifter who just focuses on this one thing. Well, and you could say, you know, like from one perhaps mentally unstable person to another, maybe you will understand what I'm about to lay down to you. You should have just started a podcast. It was 1956. You should have started a radio show. <laughs> I love how both of our stories are like at the same time. It's almost like we planned that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I before I researched this, I was like, maybe it has to do with it. Does not. <laughs> not at all. The only thing it has in common is uh, conspiracy theory stuff. In mid-century. That's true. Yeah. Uh, time period weird shit world war government II. government related government, world war ii um wait world war ii yeah world war ii in the late 50s no i mean like after like this were experimentations this says that in the 1943 when they were doing the experiments it was to make their ships invisible to enemy radar Yes. Is that incorrect? No, that's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry you hate my face, and this is, the mere looking at it makes you question reality. Wow. I have been questioning myself since I met you. Whose fault is that? Not Yours. mine. No, you leave me out of this. I'm an innocent bystander. <laughs> Not only am I abused behind the scenes, I'm also abused Wait. while recording. I can't... I don't know dates. I don't know dates. You're going to make me look this up right now. I'm going to burst into tears. All I did was ask a question. I know. And now I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. According to this, in 43, in 1943, they were doing experiments to... <laughs> I can't look at you. I'm not going to look at you for the rest of this. So um, mean. Anyway. First you take my seat and then you so bully me. You offered me the seat. That's not the point. And you said yay. Yay. <laughs> um, so they were corresponding. There was correspondence between them. Gay love letters. Got it. Yes. About the Philadelphia, what he called the Philadelphia experiment, he being Carl. So they wrote... The more Carl would write to Jessup, the more he questioned um, the credibility of this guy. Um, mostly because the uh, the letters he was sending were very, um, they're very strange. Like there was like random capitalization, and the way he would talk was very weird. And <laughs> no. <laughs> No winky. <laughs> it was very... Um, was it a code? Probably, but it just seemed like that's the way he wrote, oh. just in general. Um, and he had reached out to uh, Jessup because when he read his book, he was saying that the... Um, he commented on Jessup's ideas about the propulsion for flying saucers, discussed aliens, and um, expressed concerns that Jessup was too close to discovering alien technology. <laughs> I did not know alien theories were involved with this. Yep, aliens. So um, even though like Jessup was you know, an astronomer and wrote books about this, he was still considered a relatively like credible, oh. like same person in that community. Um, he was even um, asked to come to the Naval uh, shipyards to, you know, do research and stuff. So he wasn't just like some random cuckoo. Yeah. I think I've heard of him in other contexts, like oh. other alien conspiracy contexts. So um, let's make this um, episode one of Jessup watch. And then how many times can we put Jessup somewhere when Carl Allen was telling Jessup about what he had seen at the naval shipyard? He was saying that what he saw, he claimed that a scientist named Franklin Reno put these theories into practice at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. 
the practice of unified field theory. So, <laughs> which took me a long time to try to understand. I still don't get it. But from what I understand, unified field theory is like out, uh, it's a, a combination of like Albert Einstein's like theory of relativity. Oh. And something else. Jeez. Um, and basically just saying like, the magnetism around something could affect it to the point of making it invisible. Oh. That's from what I understand. Because of light. Magnetism. Yes. Light, mass. Light waves. Electromagnetism. Everything you're saying is correct. I want you to know. Vibes. <laughs> Good vibes, bad vibes. Bad. Color vibes, black and white Neutral vibes. Neutral vibes. Neutral vibes. <laughs> All of that. that. So he's saying that, like, he thinks that these scientists at that naval shipyard had planned this and successfully executed that. Oh. And then he was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Jessup, listen to me. Jessup, listen. Um, But it turns out that, um, you know, as time went by, what, what people think really happened at that time came out. Um, it suggested that the green, there was a green glow, uh, before the ships disappeared. Like aliens. Yeah. But it suggested that the green glow reported by witnesses could be explained by an electric storm or a St. Elmo's fire. The movie? Yeah. They love that movie. Um, they mentioned that. Um, it is a weather phenomenon in which plasma is created in a strong electric field, giving off a bright glow, almost like fire. Hmm. Um, so Elma. what they had actually, um, what they had, what the Navy said they actually did was try and make their ships invisible to radar, uh, to the U-boats by wrapping the ships in wires oh um and then putting out um like pulses to disrupt their radars in doing that um the electricity of it could create a greenish glow and it's very dangerous you know water and i don't know electricity um in regards to the ship disappearing and reappearing like in norfolk um, apparently there is a canal that connects from Norfolk to Philadelphia, allowing a ship to travel between, uh, between the two in only a few hours. And how, how far apart did you say they, they had been to you? It was only like 10 minutes, right? Allegedly it was 10 minutes. So if somebody was like, oh, that was weird. And then they were like thinking about it for several hours, theoretically, they could like mess up the time period. Yes. Definitely. Because people's minds ain't always right. <laughs> it's kind of sad. What, what had happened to uh, Jessup was, um, as more time passed and when he wrote more about the Philadelphia experiment, um, he lost a lot of credibility, um, lost a lot of job opportunities, and eventually committed suicide Jeez. Okay. by uh, carbon monoxide poisoning in his car. It's not at all where I thought this was going. No. And um, Carl Allen um, apparently was known in his hometown to be a bit of an eccentric. Um, So they think just him hearing and seeing what he saw turned it into there is an alien influenced experiment in the Navy. And I have to tell everybody about it. Yeah, it's really dramatic. Um, but that is what I know of the story of the Philadelphia experiment. I loved it. Yes. I like how things went and just disappeared. And then they did. And then, and then they didn't. <laughs> I really liked, uh, I mean, it's kind of a bummer because the more I read about it, I was just like, oh man, like <laughs> what if people did fuse to the ship? That would oh, be yeah. so cool. I'm horrified. Do you think there's invisibility out there? Invisibility? Mm, I don't think so. I feel like I so, feel like we have the I feel like maybe we have the ability to more teleport than be invisible, maybe. Maybe it's like the energies like we can 
I'm sorry. You think you think it's easier to tear a hole in space and time than it is to to move some light waves around? Yeah. That makes no sense. Well, we can't do either right now that we know of. So what do you know? I love you very much. You're one of my closest friends. But really? I don't know. I think moving light waves around something is a lot easier than tearing a hole into the fabric of the universe. Well, when I say like that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do agree. Well, if you put it in the confines of physics. Where are you? Let me kick you. No. (laughs) Because, I mean, I guess it like. I I like the idea that that let's try and make a whole big ass thing invisible i thought that was fascinating very interesting that they would start like i don't i just i don't see them starting with a boat yeah if you're gonna try to make something invisible you're gonna start with like well in their kettle there's so much more about that story that i did not go into just because it's so confusing Yeah. yeah like extra people like involved talking about time travel um other people like that were on or near the boat talking about like, well, I forgot something. And then there's a movie that this is loosely based off of called, or the movie is loosely based off of this event It's called the Philadelphia experiment. And this one guy was like, he watched it and was like, I have resurfaced memories. Oh, yikes. Um, and was like, yeah, they made us forget MK ultra style. Oh. Um, and now I remember. Um, but nothing was ever like proven. There wasn't yeah. any anything found besides documentation about just doing like that wire. Yeah. Um, bit. Uh, I yeah, think the time depends. travel thing really lost me though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was for like sure. they, and, and that was another thing they said that when they. There were people that said, like, the boat went back in time 10 minutes, too. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the 10 minutes. How did you even plan that? I don't know. And it was, yeah, I think it was it's like there's aspects of it that I can definitely, like, and I think a lot of these conspiracy theories, that's usually true, where there is, like, a small grain of, like, yeah, someone's doing something crazy. Yeah. But then people build up this whole narrative around it. Yeah. And they like, you have a lot of like charlatans who are purposely doing it. You have misinformed people. You have people yes. who are just very scared and confused. And of anything. Of anything. <laughs> and then all these people are running around talking about something. And it's like, no, like, let's focus. I can totally believe that the Navy, you know, would make some kind of contraption on a boat so that sonar can't pick them up. Yes. That is proven. I mean, yes. we have airplanes that are invisible. Yes. To that this, technology yeah, is like, real. It's just, it's very interesting. Because um, there's definitely things I think, I mean, in like some of the MK Ultra stuff was touching on this. Like there's definitely stuff that the government does that we won't know about for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, or ever. Or ever. And there's a whole lot of stuff that I can imagine them trying that doesn't pan out mm-hmm. uh, you lives may be lost lives may be lost who knows um you might start an entire counterculture movement by uh dosing people with lsd oh yes. well at least you tried yeah maybe you um so disappear the, a boat <laughs> the moral of the story is what's the government doing we'll never know yeah. i definitely have confusion about how the how it's showing up somewhere else you know 10 minutes and then coming back like the 10 minute thing and i i saw that in a couple different articles yeah that like that's not invisibility yeah that's teleportation and if you teleport a boat from one place to another there's going to be like clear and obvious like changes in the way that the water is affected. Right. I mean, these things are huge. Yeah. Like you would be causing a lot of waves. There would be a lot more evidence Mm -hmm. um, of a ship disappearing and appearing. Well, and the, the thing that I was trying to look more into is that for some reason, 
uh, like this as ridiculous as this theory sounds because it's ridiculous it still held up even to be talked about today yeah why because it's weird yeah it definitely comes down to just like like people like it like a weird i mean like i said yeah what what got me to it was the body horror of someone being stuck to a ship like if anything and how does that come into everything it's just like you know and you you would think uh teleporting a a a non-organic thing with organic things on it right no for sure like that and that that is a lot of like like the fringe thing like that they dealt with a lot of that kind of stuff yes the fridge the fridge um (laughs) i just i'm like and then like how is it it is it teleportation or is it invisibility because Mm -hmm. those are two very different things Mm -hmm. and they can i believe that uh that someone's working on invisibility sure teleportation no not on a boat not about that big, at least. No. No. If you're going to teleport people, you don't need to teleport the whole boat. You just teleport the people. <laughs> one by one. Go to Norfolk. <laughs> they end up in the water and they're like, oh, <laughs> shit. If only I had a boat. <laughs> <laughs> the boat appears on top of the Wow, we had some pretty interesting stories this week. <laughs> Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did. We got through that. We did it. Awesome. I think you did good. We, I think we you had, did good. We had good discussions with both. Yes. We're amazing. Did you really think I did good? No. Uh-huh. I think you did amazing. <gasps> Stop. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Yuck the System. Follow us on Instagram at Yuck the System and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I don't know, I'm not your mom. See you next week.